Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a former science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sahara Matthews. Biology, a level topic by topic to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. I'm very surprised I managed to remember all that. I tell you, it's like riding a bike, that. (laughs) It just rolls off the tongue Yeah, (laughs) when you haven't said it for... Many, 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 many months. <laughs> Guys, uh. hello. We're so sorry. Yeah. We've been so rubbish. We're not podcasters. We're rubbish. <laughs> we're rubbish people that don't podcast. And we're so sorry. I don't know what to say, really. What I'll start with is, to, I looked at the um, the Buzzsprout, which is our, our, host. our host. They did this backtrack thing for the last year. And I was looking at it and I was going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, so many downloads. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) And then I saw how many episodes we actually released. And it was like one of those, like, boing, (laughs) horror moments. Yeah. 14. 14 episodes. Considering we've got over 80 episodes and last year we released only 14. 14 episodes. What were we doing? (laughs) Like, shocking. (laughs) That was shocking. But then when I think back to last year, this time last year, I was in a right state. I was leaving teaching. I was very, very, very poorly. Mm. I've gone through the whole year basically has gone from started out as a teacher and ended it as in my new role. Again, another new role. Another new role. But this is it now. Exams officer and timetabler at a secondary school. And this is it. This is this is the job for me. I love it. Mm. This is what I am supposed to do. I'm telling you now at this stage of my life. Teaching's yeah. done. Except for the podcast. So, I'm not surprised, really. Are you? No, no. That we have, that we hadn't done that much. Yeah. I had a busy year and then it all kind of went downhill and it was a bit sad at the end. Yeah, so lots, <laughs> lots of personal yeah. issues that were very, very horrible and private as well. So, not, not going to discuss it, but mm-hmm. no, not really the, the kind of place in your head where you'd be recording. Yeah. But... We're back now. I'm going to try and do much better this year. We will. Yeah. We will. Uh, well, we're going to try. We promise. We're going to do more than 14, I'll tell you that. Do more than 14 <laughs> episodes, yeah. We'll try and at least do 28. No, I'm just, <laughs> we're joking. Joking. At least do 15. I'm joking. Right. So, should we start? <clears throat> yeah, go on then. Okay, episode 85, Principles of Homeostasis, which is good actually, because we at least when we finished... Last year, we finished on a topic. We finished a topic okay. and then just left. So I'm not sitting there like needing no, hours of No, we don't have to go back over anything. <laughs> this is a whole new topic, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's really good. Principles of homeostasis. So in today's episode, we're going to look at homeostasis in mammals, which involves physiological control systems that maintain the internal environment with restricted limits, the importance of maintaining a stable core temperature and stable blood pH in relation to enzyme activity, and the importance of maintaining a stable blood glucose concentration in terms of availability of respiratory substrates and the water potential of blood. 
So today's episode is, I wouldn't say there's necessarily new A-level content to be had in this episode, or in fact is there in the next episode either, because we've got to kind of build up to discussing the control of blood glucose level, but there's a lot of information you need to build up to that in terms of that. Next week is new A-level content, but it's not necessarily like really in-depth stuff, it's just a quick episode of of something but this this is very much like a recap episode of of things from GCSE and also sort of things we've done at A level already in the AS year. So let's start off by just just talking about what conditions should be kept constant inside your body. So what sort of things do you think need to be temperature. kept? Temperature. Definitely temperature. Heartbeat. Yeah, but that can vary and you can survive still with quite a big range of heart rates can't you right like look quite low to quite high before it gets quite risky whereas temperature you can only vary a couple of degrees before you get really poorly so like yeah you want it to be 37 and then if it gets to like 38 39 or 36 35 you're in trouble Mm -hmm. internally but heart rate can can vary quite a lot before you get really as long as it doesn't stop yeah, I mean, you don't want it to stop and you don't want it to go too fast. Yeah. It, you're quite a big range, you can still survive. And you need it to increase and decrease, depending on what you're doing. Whereas your temperature, you don't want it to be decreasing or increasing too much. Mm-hmm. You want it to stay fairly stable. So temperature, yeah. Immunity? No, no, no. <laughs> Again, like... Uh... You want that to do its job at the time, don't you? And not really hmm. do. I feel like it's like more obvious ones that I can't. Yeah, there's lot. There's quite a few. So it's very much like inside your body. So inside you you are going for those sorts of ideas, uh, but like temperature, digestion. To do a digestion is the actual amount of blood glucose that you have. So the amount okay. of sugar, the amount of glucose actually present in your blood has to stay at a certain level. Yeah. And obviously that is going to vary depending on how much exercise you've done, and how, how much, much you sugar eat, you've had. exactly. But your body will immediately behave in a way where it will counteract that increase or decrease. If you can. In the blood. And there's a very important reason. And yeah, if you can, and there will be a whole episode on what, what can happen if that is not the case. Yeah. So anything else? Um, the lungs. Kind of. You want to keep carbon dioxide levels at a very very low level you don't want it to go too high you you want water levels to be fairly constant you don't want to be too dehydrated you don't want to be too yeah over hydrated so water levels have to be kept the same minerals and salts need to be kept at certain levels to make sure you've got enough ions for certain keeping you healthy and for certain things so we've talked about lots and lots of things that need ions transport nervous system they all need things like chlorine potassium sodium you know, all mm-hmm. those sorts of things. So you've got to keep those at a certain level. So there is quite, there's quite a few things. But yeah. te- it tends to be temperature, blood glucose, water, that seem to be the things that people yeah. keep keep in mind about those things. And when we talk about homeostasis, they're the things we're talking about. Keeping those internal things as constant as possible. And do you know why? So for instance, do you know... Do you know why we have to keep our body temperature at 37 degrees as much as we because can? Because that is the temperature that our cells 
thriving. And what's in the cells making everything work and making the nucleus making all the reactions happen the very, 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 very fast. Ribosomes. No. The other one. The E's. The E's. The E's. Begins with an E. Oh. They're hugely important for reactions. Begins with an E. Keeping those rates of reactions going as fast as possible. I don't know. Enzymes. Oh, okay. You weren't going to say that? No, no. So keeping them enzymes intact and working. So they don't denature. optimum level, so they don't denature. Perfect. If you start disrupting your blood glucose level too much, you're going to disrupt your water levels too much. If you start messing with the water and the enzymes, the cells start to die, which means your organs start to die and your whole body systems start to fail. And that's when people get very, very, you know, we were talking about intensive care then. So, I mean, we want our cells to be able to function normally. That's what you've already said. We don't want, to, we don't want them to, to get damaged. We want to keep our enzymes intact and functioning. We want to maintain our blood volume and the amount of contents of that blood within a certain amount of limit because otherwise, like I said, water starts moving in and out of things that it shouldn't and it gets a little bit scary. I'm going to talk about that a bit more now. So homeostasis, the actual definition maintenance of a stable internal environment stable internal environment and as we said we can branch off then into different things temperature blood glucose and so on and we have lots and lots of mechanisms in our body that will make sure that if any of those things differ that we bring it back to a normal level as much as we can now we're going to sort of talk about that a bit more next time But this week, we're going to just talk about the reasons why we have to keep them. Not how they work or what happens, but why we have to keep them at a certain level. It's going to be quite short, not long. Okay. First of all, temperature and pH. The reason why we have to keep those things really stable is because of the effect it has on enzymes. Now, if you want to go back and listen to our episodes on enzyme structure how you know what enzymes function as and how they function we've got a whole host of episodes back in the very early stages just all those different enzyme episodes to listen to mm. i remember we talked about um what you wash your clothes in and how there's like different enzymes in that and how they if you get different temperatures in the mm. washing machine make the enzymes act differently or yeah yeah so biological biological detergents contain enzymes yeah. like proteases and lipases so you have to wash your clothes at certain levels for them to work. Like if you were to use a biological detergent and wash your clothes at 60, the mm. enzymes will denature and they won't work. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. So we're gonna we're basically going to go over quite a lot of stuff that we've already gone over, but we're just putting it into the context of that. Right, so what we want to get to the bottom of here is just that recap of what happens if the temperature isn't right what happens to enzymes and then also with ph as well what happens so we're basically talking about denaturing so what what you've already mentioned what is that it's when um the cells basically like not cells the enzymes yeah the enzymes so stop working because they get too hot and they basically like start to melt yeah that is not going to get you any marks in an exam but you are right (laughs) in the sense that you're you're talking about how they're not going to work is it something to do with vibrating yeah is it that they they, they can't they, they vibrate too much or yeah. something? Yeah. So so with a high temperature that is definitely something that's going to happen. So if you think about heat as energy and kinetic energy giving the the molecules more kinetic energy 
the more energy they have, the more vibrations. And what's holding the molecules together? What holds any chemicals together into compounds? Has it really been that long <laughs> that you can't remember what holds <laughs> atoms together in compounds or elements? Glue. No. Oh my God, guys, she said glue. <laughs> It begins with a B. There's lots and lots of different types of them, like glycosidic, disulfide, ionic, covalent. Bonds. Yes! Bonds! <laughs> yes! Do you know what she's going to do now? I'm going to edit it so she says bonds straight away. <laughs> I'd never do that. <laughs> Especially considering I went, bonds! <laughs> like... Yeah, so... They vibrate so much that the bonds break. Well, I might put in dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> what then will happen to the enzyme if the bonds break? What's the most important part of an enzyme? The lock and key bit? Yeah, so the, the bit that the key fits into. What is it called? Oh. Uh... Oh, this is such a challenge for Sarah today. Hmm, I don't think I'm going to get it. It begins with an A. Ah. No. Active site. Active site. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah, I yeah, remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the active site has got a specific shape. The substrate fits into it. Lock and key, as you said, lock and key theory is if they fit perfectly together. Yeah. Or if you think about the induced fit theory, in fact, it doesn't fit exactly, but it will if they go together. And then obviously the breaking down or the building up of the molecules can happen in a reaction. But when you start breaking the bonds inside the active site that are holding that tertiary structure together. So your disulfide bridges, your ionic bonds that are holding the... Remember, because we're talking about a protein, we're talking about the primary structure being the amino acids, and then they start to fold together. They form their secondary structure, and then they fold them even more to form the tertiary structure. They get a 3D tertiary structure. It's held together by ionic bonds, disulfide bridges, and they will start to break. So that's an active site will start to change shape. And the substrate won't fit into it anymore. So you won't get any of your enzyme substrate complexes formed as you would, which means chemical reactions aren't being catalyzed. If chemical reactions aren't getting catalyzed, like respiration, we're in trouble. So the rates of reactions can come, become quite low. If the temperature is too low, what would the issue be there? There's not enough vibration? Not that there's not enough vibrations... It just doesn't work as fast. It, yeah, so when we talk about reactions, we're talking about enzymes and the substrates having to meet. They have to collide together, remember? And then if they collide together and they fit together, it works. But you, that relies on the molecules having a kinetic energy enough to move around each other, to have those collisions and to collide with enough energy that they react. Yeah. If you don't have enough energy then the molecules don't have enough kinetic energy to move around. They're moving around too slowly. They're not less likely to collide. You get less frequent collisions and they're less likely to collide with enough energy to actually do anything. They just bounce off each other. When you've got too low energy, enzymes are just really low acting. They're just not moving very much. They're just not reacting. It's not necessarily that the active site isn't going to work because it is if they were to collide, but they're not going to because it's not enough energy for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is really how temperature affects it. It's massive. And 
you know, just a couple of degrees above or below your 37 degrees is going to start having those effects and is going to start being quite serious. And you know more than anyone taking someone's temperature, particularly during the pandemic, you were looking for 38 degrees or higher and that's not even a whole degree above that, you know, you're not looking for much in terms of a change of an internal temperature for there to be a problem. And then obviously the lower, a low temperature comes from basically the external environment being too low rather than there being something wrong inside, if that makes sense. Right, blood pH. We want basically our blood pH to be quite neutral. We don't want there to be too much of an issue because we want it to be an optimum pH for your organs. Basically, just be able to survive. But if your blood pH was to start to become too alkaline or too acidic, that could cause enzymes to denature as well. Things that would cause your blood to become too acidic would be things like carbon dioxide levels being too high and things like that. Because poison. Yeah, and and different poisons. Carbon dioxide is quite acidic, so you're going to have a fairly acidic blood if there's too much and stuff like that. But again, those ionic bonds, those hydrogen bonds, those disulfide bridges will start to break because of the presence of the hydrogen bonds in an acid or OH ions in things that are alkali. And that will, will start to change that shape of that active site. And then blood glucose level. If you have too much glucose in your blood, what do you think then is going to happen to your water potential in your blood? So too much blood, um, too much glucose in the blood will mean what for the water? It'd be sticky. <laughs> <coughs> I like your thinking. If your blood glucose level becomes too high, then your water potential is too low. Yeah. Like the more... Which is why people get thirsty when their com- glucose Absolutely. Is low. So when you've got too much concentrated stuff, like too many things dissolved in your blood, you're going to have less water if water levels become too low in your blood the water is going to move by osmosis from high to low and it's going to come out of your cells in your organs into the blood which means that your cells are going to become under pressure your cells are going to be not going to have enough water in they're going to start shrinking they're going to start dying Mm. and if your cells start dying your organs start dying and failing so that's can be a massive issue really and that's why people that are diabetic and their blood glucose has gone too high or whatever, that's why they're going to comas, because their organs are failing them. Yeah, so the water's going to move by osmosis from high to low gradient out the cells into the blood, just causing all those issues with your, with your cells. And it really got a scary situation to be in, really. And then if, if your blood glucose levels are too low, that's a whole different issue in that, okay, so you might have that issue where you've got blood having too much water compared to things and it goes from high to low into your cells and things like that but essentially if your blood glucose level is too low you haven't got enough glucose to start respiration processes massive issues starting off straight there yeah your first section of of respiration you need you need glucose you know how else you're going to do glycolysis so you know that first step is just going to be a massive issue but what's amazing about that is that we have lots and lots and lots of sensory cells and receptors in our bodies to detect when those things go too high or too low. And we're going to start talking about control mechanisms and things in our next episode. If your blue glucose level goes too high, you've got receptor cells in your pancreas that are going to pick that up. As the blood flows through the pancreas, 
it's detecting the blood glucose level. If it's too high or if it's too low, it will do something. I'm not going to say what until you know, a couple of episodes down the line, but it is going to do something. As the blood flows through your brain, your temperature regulator in your brain, your hypothalamus, is picking up on the temperature of that blood. If it's too high, something needs to be done. If it's too low, something needs to be done. And your body goes, it kicks into this sort of immediate, right, okay, it's too hot, we need to sweat, we need to get some of this heat out, you know, and your body starts doing all the things it's supposed Mm. to do. And those control mechanisms kick in, and that's what we're going to talk about in our next episode. So that's it for the discussion of today. Okay. Again, it's very much a recap, because I think it's important. It's a long time since we've been doing enzymes. It's a long time since we've been doing things like that. Yeah, it's been ages. And if you're coming to these episodes because you just want to go over homeostasis, it's important that you know what the importance of those things is. So should we do some questions? Yeah. Okay. So question one. What is meant by homeostasis? Just one mark. Regulating the body at normal things. Yeah, so keeping your body's what? What kind of words do we want to be using? So it's inside, so it's going to be... Internal. Internal, and it is our environment, and we need to keep it stable or keeping constant. Keeping internal body parts. No, in, environments. In, in, Keeping the internal environment stable. Stable and constant. Yeah, perfect. Well done. Question two. Giving one example, explain why homeostasis is important in mammals. Two marks. Because we need to make sure that our enzymes are working properly to do body things like respiration. Yes, yep. So give me an example of something that would affect our enzymes. If our body is too hot, yes, our enzymes can denature. Yeah, brilliant. So you've got one mark for temperature, or like you said, if you, if you get too hot. And your second mark would be then the effect it has on enzymes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have to use the word denature in your answer? Not for that, I don't think. But if you did, the person would be like, really good answer. Yeah, because there's no <laughs> doubt that you know what you're talking about then. Yeah. So that's the questions. Shall we do... Is that all the questions? Yeah, there's only two oh. questions. Well, if you think about it, we didn't go into a lot of detail about yeah. anything. So the questions are going to be those sort of one markers, two markers that you get at the beginning of like mm-hmm. a big question yeah. set, you know. So shall I do the roundup? Yeah. Homeostasis is critically important for organisms as this ensures their internal conditions are kept relatively constant. It also ensures the maintenance of optimal conditions for enzyme action and cell function. Two key factors that need to be controlled include temperature and pH. Lower temperatures either prevent or slow down enzyme-controlled reactions. The substrate and the enzyme molecules move slowly in lower temperatures as they have less kinetic energy so there will be a lower frequency of successful collisions, therefore less enzyme-substrate complexes. Also, substrates and enzymes molecules collide with less energy, making it less likely that new substances will be formed. Higher temperatures speed up reactions as the enzyme and substrate molecules have more kinetic energy, so they move faster and the frequency of successful collisions increases, resulting in more enzyme-substrate complexes formed. Also, the particles collide with more energy, making it more likely for the reaction to be successful. When the temperature is too high, the rate of the reaction slows as the enzymes begin to denature. The hydrogen bonds holding the enzyme molecule in its tertiary shape starts to break. 
This permanently damages and changes the active site shape, preventing the substrate from binding, so it no longer fits. All enzymes have an optimum pH and will become denatured at extremes of pH. Hydrogen and ionic bonds that hold the tertiary structure together are broken due to the presence of excess hydrogen ions in acidic conditions or OH ions or hydroxide ions in alkaline conditions. Again, this will change the shape of the active site, preventing the formation of enzyme substrate complexes. Another key factor that must be controlled within mammals is the concentration of glucose in the blood. The amount of glucose present in the blood affects the water potential of the blood and the availability of respiratory substrates for cells. Got any takeaways? Everything is held together by bonds. Enzymes do nature. <laughs> when? <laughs> Homeostasis is um, regulating the internal environment in the body, making sure everything's okay. Enzymes when do, when do enzymes denature? And when they get too hot or too hot. Too hot or too hot? Too hot or too cold. Yeah. And um, enzymes are really important in the body for everything to work, like respiration. Yeah. And eating. Yeah. Eating. Digestion. Yeah. Digesting. Like my me, eat my digestives. Right. Why do reading? I've got a podcast. It's called teach me biology yeah <laughs> it's called teach me biology uh the science hour bbc worldwide service oh okay it's quite good it's quite good so i think it's probably like a radio show called the science hour but they do a podcast of it mm -hmm. after and it's quite it is quite good but it is one of them podcasts where it's not just about biology it's about all kinds of science so you have to pick out the ones that are related to what you're studying okay but the ones I listened to and saw were things like you had... There's loads on COVID, because obviously that's going to be quite a big thing for all science podcasts at the minute. But there's loads of stuff. So there's like pesticides, there's COVID, there's neurons, genetics of inheritance, microbes, HIV, depression, red blood cells. So looking into red blood cells as possible, having like an Im immunity role and stuff like that. It was really interesting to listen to. So I would say pick out a few episodes of that in the next month and listen to that. If you'd like to contact us, you can go on our website, that is teachmescience.co.uk. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at, at teachmebiocast and on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. You can also, if you so wish, you could buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. If you've got any recommendations for any wider reading, any good books you've read any great podcasts that you think people would that would help people with their understanding and their mm -hmm. wider learning giving greater context to what they're studying then that'd be great or any great ghost podcasts <laughs> true crime podcasts um also well received i don't really know where we got to with information i couldn't tell you uh, we had an email from amir he said dear Rhea and sarah my name is amir I am a physiotherapy student from Berlin who came across your absolutely incredible and life-saving biology podcast about Good a month God. ago. This is amazing. I was born in Israel and grew up with Hebrew as my first language before I then left about seven years ago and went to live and travel in Europe. The biggest difficulty for me was to get myself to the point where I felt again that I was able to express myself in English and later in German to the extent... As, as I was able to express myself in Hebrew. 
Starting to study in Germany was another huge step to further Good integrate God. myself into culture, as well as deepen the connection with those foreign languages. I was completely lost in the beginning, and even more after my first physiology, physiology. class yeah. physiology class in German. I thought that there was no chance in the world that I'll ever be able to understand the subjects, let alone pass any of the exams. Well, at least not until I ran into Teach Me Biology podcast. While learning for the mid-exam, I've successfully set yesterday does that mean um he's had the exam yeah without having incorporated your podcast into my revision i wouldn't have had the chance to dive into the depths of these subjects and expose myself to the fascinating world of biology your job is sacred and there aren't sufficient enough words to thank you for the help that you've provided yet the curious students as i want to explore and understand biology keep up the good work and the good sisterly connection between you with all the good inside jokes and funny references, all the best, Emia. Oh, Emia, <laughs> what a beautiful message! And he uh, then went ahead and bought us three teas. Oh, thank you. I just <laughs> love that. <laughs> I have more. You've never told me that story. That, that, Maybe that, I kept that, read that secret. I read that message. We to had me. Uh, Rachel bought us a tea. She said I got an A on my Salia respiration photosynthesis exam. Thanks to you. Probably not all. Or just you, just because you did it. Um, <laughs> then we had Maya. Hi there, I just listened to your podcast and wanted to let you know that I enjoyed all the information that was given and found it very informative. I'm listening to your podcast as I found many things clear up in my mind I was slightly confused about, which was great to help. That's why we're here. Uh, and then Rachel, she dropped us an email on the 8th of January. Hello girls, I am loving your podcast. I was just fishing around on Spotify, hoping to find something that would ease the pressure of my upcoming exam. In, in just over a week's time on human physiology and anatomy and what I have found you two have helped me more than I ever could imagine oh my god honestly Ria your explanations are better than most of my lecturers the glycolysis Krebs cycle link reaction and the last one the name of it I can't remember in particular was absolutely brilliant I am doing a degree in biomedical science at Plymouth University I'm 36 year old mom I've been out of education for 19 years with no help from dad at all I'm trying to better myself for mine and my 11 year old son's future your podcast is helping me so much with my first year. Thank you so much. I am so very grateful. Keep up the good work and the giggles. I think you're both doing an amazing job. Well done. What an amazing story. Mm-hmm. What an amazing woman. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah. Just think what she's doing. Like I just can't believe it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well like all done. All the lovely emails we've been receiving. But then also, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, I was a good teacher. Yeah, I was a good were. teacher. Yeah. When I was one. And it's a shame, but the job isn't just teaching, and that's yeah. a shame. That is a shame. But this job is just teaching. This job is just teaching, <laughs> exactly. And I get to have a laugh with you. Yeah. Wow, that's made me feel happy. Very good. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, no problem. Thank I you. wrote all those emails and all made them all up. <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> Imagine if that me. was true. Imagine <laughs> if that was true. So, yeah, thanks for all your lovely emails. Thank you so much, guys. Mm-hmm. Get in touch if you want to share your story with us. Thank you. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Cool. How have you been since the last podcast? <laughs> oh, well, I started my new job. Ago. I've started my new job and I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy. Although I didn't realise that the majority of exam time is actually just trying to get Parcel Force to come and pick up the exam papers that have been done. <laughs> because, Sarah, they don't talk. They don't come. <laughs> they just don't come. You book them. 
You're told you have to have them dispatched that day, or at least by the next day. You try and get parcel force to come. I dare you. You need to book them for the day before. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I didn't realise that that was, like, a thing. Yeah. But I think I'll get the hang of it. Like, eventually I'll be like, right, I'll book it for this particular time because I know I'll be ready. And then, you know, yeah. if they don't come, at least I know I've got it for the next thing. And, and I'll just, yeah, just... Yeah. But while I had papers sit in the, in the exam safe for five days before Parcel Force came to get them. But I love it. <laughs> I love it. My name's Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.